But this morning, I'm just I'm going to be sharing a little bit with you about kind of where we've been, and then also where I believe the Lord is taking us and leading us. And so, there's some things that um, you know. In December, I took I got away for several days and uh, just spent some time seeking the Lord and uh, about really where we were at and uh, where we were headed as a church. And uh, you know, so the Lord laid some things specifically on my heart that aren't necessarily only tied to this year, but I believe it does have uh, implications this year for us greatly. And so. Uh, I met with the board here, I don't know, a month or so ago, uh, maybe a little longer than that, maybe five or six weeks ago, and uh, just began to share with them about what I believe that the Lord was stirring in my heart and just kind of planning and coming up with some things that we believe the Lord was leading us to do. And so we've been in the midst of making some adjustments and changing some things around and doing some things, and I'll share some with you this morning. But... Uh, you know, vision is important to the life of any church, any organization, any business. You know, uh, it, it's important. Why? Because if you don't have a vision, you ain't got a clue where you're going. Right. And, uh, you know, it, it's important that there be a vision for a family. And if it's important for us to have it as a church, then you ought to have it inside of your family. Why? Because if you don't have a vision for where God's taken you, how do you know if you got there? Yeah. Right? And uh, so it's important uh, that you do this also in your own life. But it's also important for us in the life of our church... Um, Danny, can you turn me down just a hair? Thank you, sir. Um, But, uh, so this morning I'm going to be sharing some things even about kind of where we've been in the last year, some things that we've been doing, and then also where we're headed. So... This is Vision Sunday. I'm glad you're here. And um, But I want to share with you just a few verses as we get started this morning concerning vision because I believe it's important. Uh, and so in Proverbs 29 verse 18 it says, Where there is no vision, people perish. Other translations, and this actually rightfully uh, translated, should actually say this, Without an understanding of salvation or God's plan, people are going to go wild. Things are going to go haywire. You know, and that's really true even for us as a church. If we don't know why we're here, we're going to be all over the map. And we're going to do a whole lot of nothing. We're going to do a whole lot of stuff, but it's going to accomplish nothing. Whereas if we know why we're here and we know how we're going about doing it, it actually will give us life. It'll breathe life into our church. It'll breathe life into our community. Why? Because we have a vision from God. This isn't a vision for me. It's not just something that I sat down and said, well, what kind of church do I want to lead? That's not the way this works. We get alone and and I I mean, I shared with you that I went and prayed. I got some things in my heart. I submitted them to the board. Our board is advisory. Just so you know, if you're not aware of how we function as a church, we are a pastor-led church. In other words, I, I set the vision, but I submit that to the board. And then they say, yes, we believe, you know, and I'll say it this way. They're not so much telling me what to do. As much as we are talking about how to do it. Is that clear? So our our board does have some authority. And just so you know, as of today, our board consists of Joey right here. And then Adam's also on the board. And I'm a member of the board as well. Uh, Many of you know that David Stewart has been uh, a member of our board for a number of years. And as of December 31st, he had stepped off the board. Um, You know, obviously many of you know they're moving. And so, uh, you know, up to closer to Gurdon, Arkadelphia, where they're from. And, uh, but... Uh, so he's been on the board for a number of years, so he stepped down, um, you know, as of December 31st of uh, this last year. And so, but that is how we function. And then, of course, I have spiritual oversight as well. So that's what I consider and what I believe to be inside accountability and outside accountability. Um, you know, and so I have my pastor, Pastor Sam, and then there's other men uh, as well um, that I submit my life to. So if I'm in error, they can call me and I'm going to listen to them. I don't care if I don't like it, I'm submitted to them. And, uh, you know, and so that's the way that authority works. You're only as 
solid as who you're submitted to. I'll say it that way. And, and it's important. And so just so you know, it's not just that I make decisions and I do what I want. It's not the way we operate. I believe in accountability at every level. Uh, we have internal financial accountability. That One of the functions of our board is that. They provide internal accountability, but we also have external financial accountability. Uh, we have a CPA that I've never met, that I've never seen. He's in Tulsa. I know his name, and I didn't know his face until I saw it on Facebook one day. And I'm like, that's what he looks like. And I had no idea. And, uh, and so they actually do all of our auditing and all of our oversight of our finances. And so they actually balance our books and all that kind of stuff. And so we try to be above board in every area, not just with the finances, although that's a part of it, but in every area. And, uh, you know, and so that's kind of some of how we work, just so that you know, in case you're curious. Um, but getting back to on topic, this is Vision Sunday. And uh, no, but, but we need to know why we're here, and we need to know what we're about and why we're about it. And so, uh, so that verse there is where there's no vision, people perish. Habakkuk 2, verse 2 and 3 out of the message translation says this, is that God answered and said, write this, write what you see, write it, or write it out in big block letters so that it can be read on the run. In other words, you know, that you've got to be able to read the vision quickly so that you can do what? Go and produce the vision. And, and that's not just for the vision of the church is not for me or a select few to produce. The vision of the church is for us as a body to bring about. Why? Because the vision is bigger than two, three, four, five, ten of us. It takes a body to accomplish what God has. God will never call you to do what you can do on your own. Ever. He's going to require you. You, you got two requirements. Other people and him. That's the two things it takes for you to do everything God's called you to do. And it might be intimidating, and that's okay. If it's intimidating, it's probably God. Now, you can be foolish about it, and we want to walk in wisdom, but at the same time, God will never ask you to do something that's comfortable for you. He's going to push you. And here it goes on. It says that we're to write out a vision and make it plain so that even on the run, people can read it. He says this vision message is a witness pointing to what's coming. He says it aches for the coming and it can't hardly wait and it doesn't lie. Even if it seems slow in coming, wait. It's on its way and it will be right on time. Now, part of the function and part of the reason for this morning service and the reason that I believe that the Lord would have me to do this is because just because we have a vision, if it's not clearly communicated to you, guess what? We're going nowhere fast. We're pulling in opposite directions, you know. And so from whether it be adult ministries, kids ministries, uh, youth ministry, whatever it may be that we do, everything submits to the same vision. Like in January, and some of you know this, some of you don't, we were doing the Seek series. Well, they were also teaching on prayer in youth. We were also teaching prayer in the kids. We were teaching it in every area of the church. Why? Because it's one church. Now, we have a building across the city on the what we like to refer to as the East Campus, just because it sounds cool. It makes us sound real big, right? But we're still connected. And the same DNA that we have is the same DNA that they have. And the same thing that we want to be uh, implanted and imparted into our kids, even from a young age. Why? Because it's important. Because every church has a DNA. It has a makeup to it. You know, and part of that, it's important that we are on the same page, all pulling in the same direction. You know, and I've shared this before, but in Kansas, they had this statement that they used a lot, which is that many hands make light work. Many hands make light work. Well, if we're all pulling in the same direction together, we can do a lot more with a lot less effort from each of us. But what happens is that sometimes is that the load gets laid on a few and it becomes a heavy burden. Yes. 
That's not God's design. God's design is that, hey, the load of the church is carried by the church. Now, we all have a part. I'm the only pastor of the church. Head senior pastor, if you want to call it that, lead pastor, whatever title you want to give to it. I'm the one. Well, there's certain things only I can do. And I get that. And that's fine. And there's a grace on my life to do that. But also, that's not my only role. Part of one, another one of my roles is I'm also a member of this house. So I have a responsibility to this place. Not just, and it doesn't supersede my role, or, or that my role as pastor doesn't supersede my role as a member. Right? If we got a work day, guess who's showing up in their work clothes? Me. Why? Because I'm still a member of this body. If we have something that needs to be accomplished, there's things that, that, but it's important that we all know where we're headed, that we're walking in unity together. In Amos 3 3, it says this. It says, can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? You ever remember that game, uh, probably at like field day or something, and they would strap your ankles together, and usually two or three people would be strapped together? How many of you ever did that game? How many of you had trouble getting to where you were supposed to go? Why? Because people had different steps, and this person's taking this step, and that person, and then you're falling all over each other. Why? Because you didn't agree, agree on a direction ahead of time. Well, part of the reason that I'm doing this this morning is so that we all know where we're going, and we're doing it together. We're all believing the same things, praying the same things, asking the same things. Why? Because there's power in unity. And, and so, <clears throat> and if I don't take time to communicate the direction, uh, then how is it possible that we could be in unity and head in that same direction? It's impossible. So it's important that we take this time to do this. And so I'm excited to look over this past year, but also to share with you about uh, what I believe the Lord is leading us uh, for and into, into this next year. And so I'm going to give you, because some of you know this, some of you don't, but we have a vision statement. And this is really what I believe the Lord has called us as a church specifically to do. Now, I also believe that this should be the mission of every church, but unfortunately it's not. And, uh, you know, and I, I don't have any say and I'm not casting stones at anybody. I don't have a say in any church but this one. So I can only, you know, it's like what Joshua said. As for me and my house, as for me and my church, <laughs> this is what we're about. And so here's, here's our vision in, in just a statement is that we want to be a Luke 4, 18 and 19 church. Now that's where the Bible says that Jesus stood up um, in the temple and he began to read a prophetic word about the Messiah. And he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to uh, recover of sight for the blind, to cause those who are deaf to hear again, and to proclaim what? It's the acceptable will or time of the Lord. Well, it was the call of God upon Jesus. Well, if this is Jesus' church, then we should be about Jesus' business. This isn't my church. Let me also say this, it's not actually your church. This is the Lord's church. And that's important that we understand that. And so, it, so this is, I'm going to finish the statement. It says, we want to be a Luke 4, 18 and 19 church where God's presence moves freely. That's important. You can't be a church without the presence of God. You're just an assembly if you don't have God's presence. So that's a, a vital and important part. So we want to be a church where God's presence moves freely so that broken hearts can be mended and broken lives restored. The local church is a refuge from the chaos of this world and a place of encouragement for believers, a place for healing for the wounded, and a place where people can encounter God's presence. That's why we exist. As a church, that is why we exist. That's why we unlock the doors this morning. That's why we have small groups. That's why we pray together. That's why we worship together. Why? Because we want to create an atmosphere for God's presence to work in our lives, but also in other people's lives. 
You know, and so that's why we're here. That's why we turned on the lights. It's why people serve and sacrifice and give and, and do all of these kinds of things. Why? Because we want to see people's lives touched and changed. That's the ultimate call of the church. And we want to do it through the power of God, not through the plans of man. We're not going to plan ourselves into what God has for us. The Bible says that unless the Lord plans the, the, the house or builds the house, it actually, that word actually means architects. Unless he designs it, those who labor, labor in vain. You know, we can come to church year in and year out and do absolutely nothing if, it, if God's hand is not upon it. And we want God's hand upon what he's doing. Because we're not trying to produce it, we're trusting the Lord to do it. And so some of the, and this is all on, our, on the website, but we do this through three primary ways. Number one is this, is that we connect with one another. I said it earlier, you're not designed, created to do life alone. Adam was created, had the whole world, had the planet, had animals, had everything else. And God said it's not good that he's alone. Now I understand that's in the context of him having a wife, but we are created as relational beings. We are. We were designed to be connected. And if you want to grow, even spiritually speaking, it's going to require that you're connected to people. You're like, well, I don't like people. Go get along with Jesus. I mean, think about this. Jesus, who was perfect, had 12 people with him all the time. He was perfect. That's why he could handle 12. I'm not telling you, you've got to have 12. I mean, Jesus was perfect, so let's just go with two or three, maybe four. Like people that you can really, that are close to you, that you do life with. Even Jesus needed friends. Now this may be blasphemous for you, but it's still true. Is that even God's presence by itself was not enough for Jesus. He was created for relationship. He was human. The Bible says that he felt everything that we feel. Jesus felt lonely. He knows what it was like to be isolated. Get stabbed in the back by all of your best friends and think about how you would feel. So Jesus understands that, but we were created to be connected one to another. The next way that we do this is by growing in our faith. And this is the way I would say this is that, uh, so number one is we connect with, uh, with one another. And number two is that we connect with God. We ought to be growing. We ought to be maturing. There ought to be a path that we're walking, even individually. You know, yes, we come to church to grow, but there ought to be some uh, daily devotional, spending time with the Lord, spending time in the Word, that you're growing and maturing in your faith. And ultimately, you grow in your faith by getting to know the Father. Your faith will grow because you realize, I mean, we were just thinking about how great our God is. And when we understand that and when we really grab hold of that, and the more that we understand who He is, the more our faith and the more trust that we can have in Him. The third way that we accomplish our goal is this, is that we build the kingdom of God. This is another way I would say that, is that we make the kingdom of God a priority in our life. It's not second or third or fourth or tenth or somewhere else or not even on the radar. We make building the kingdom of God a priority, which means this, I'm intentional how I live every day. I'm looking for people to touch. I'm looking for people that need God and I want to introduce them to Him. That means that if I hear somebody that has a need, hey, can I just pray with you? I'm not going to be weird. I'm not going to do anything crazy. I just want to know if I can pray with you. And you would be amazed people's response to that. They're almost shocked by it. I mean, years ago, I remember one of my friends, we were on the phone and we were just talking. He said, well, can I pray for you? And I was like almost stunned by it. I was like, Oh, I just thought you were going to pray for me later. And he goes, oh, no, right now. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. And it was awkward. And I'm a minister. And I was at that time. And it was awkward that somebody said, hey, let me pray for you right now. 
Well, we ought to be, that ought to be our mindset. Why? Because we're making the kingdom of God a priority in our lives. So we have that. And so even this morning, I want to just share with you over the next couple of minutes. I'm going to, I've got some information to share with you. And I'm going to roll through it pretty quick. That's why we're recording it. If you don't catch it all, uh, welcome to Bible school, by the way. <laughs> this is, they, they told me this in Bible school. They were like, I always take your message. And then I put it at half speed so I can re-listen to it. And I tell them, I was like, well, they only give me like 45 minutes. And I've got a lot of information. And uh, so I really have to get going fast. But no, I mean, it'll be good. But I just want to uh, kind of give you a review a little bit um, of 2015, 2016. And we'll look at a few things in the life of the church. But, you know, in 2015, one of the things that the Lord uh, really impressed upon my heart was that it was a time of preparation. And really, that was 2015, 2016. We've made some structural changes within how we function as a church, even our finances and doing some things. And we brought in a CPA and we've done, you know, we had a CPA previous. But that was Miss Amy, Pastor Dennis's wife. And so uh, when they handed the church over to us, um, you know, they felt like, and she even was the one who really initiated that, said, I think it would be better uh, for you to have someone else uh, to do it. And so we agreed. And so we went and got a CPA as well for the church. Um, you know, but there's been a lot of other things, even inside of just the church as a whole, and uh, that we've been seeing with transitioning. And it's really just God laying the groundwork for what He wanted to do and really getting us in a place. And, and uh, you know, and a lot of you in this room right now have been, have come here since that point. Um, you know, I mean, roughly, I don't know exactly the number, but our church has roughly doubled in two years. Um, you know, roughly, I don't know the exact numbers, but roughly it's doubled uh, since we've come. And, uh, you know, and God's not finished yet. God has a lot more for us to do. And, uh, you know, and you have a crucial part in that. That, you know, God can't do anything unless he finds somebody on earth to agree with him and to help him. How I many of you know that? I know God's sovereign and well, God can do anything. Well, then why did God say in Ezekiel that he sought for a man who would stand in the gap that he could heal a lamb, but yet he could find none? God is looking for people to partner with him. And so that's why we're about the kingdom, because God needs us to do what he wants to do. And it's important. And so uh, I want to give you just a little recap very quickly over the 2016 finances. And uh, so this is what happened because you gave. How many of you know that we rely completely upon the giving of God's people to support the church. How many of you realize that? Yeah. The government doesn't send us money and I wouldn't want it anyways, even if they did. Because then they'd want to tell me what I could and couldn't do. I'd say no thank you. So this is our total budget for 2016 was $116,079.31. That's what we brought in last year. And so uh, that was the total budget. And so uh, this is the way that breaks down. Here you go. So you can see all the numbers right there. That's all but just about a little... Like a thousand or two thousand dollars is accounted for right there, and I actually have a report that I can actually account for every penny. Um, so, just so you know, and uh, but so we had local outreaches and uh, events that the church hosted, uh, which totaled up to be seventy six hundred and seventy six dollars and some change. That's everything from like the EXO to the tailgate to mom and dad or Father's Day cookout, Mother's Day stuff, anything that we did. Water outreach, any of those kinds of things are all included in that. Uh, we gave to missions, so to missionaries. So uh, whether it's our monthly giving, and I'm going to talk some more about this here in a few minutes, but or even like when uh, people, missionaries come, this is our total giving from the church. I had all the percentages on here, and Dara told me to quit being a nerd. Um, you know, so you might like percentages. I love them because it helps break it down. But she told me not to be so nerdy, so I took them off so that it's a little clear for you to see up there. Um, our kids' ministry. We actually, huh? She didn't say it that way, but that's what she said. Okay. She's a woman. There were more words. I'm condensing down, you know, the Cliff Notes version. 
So our kids ministry, we spent about fifteen hundred bucks in the kids ministry this last year, and uh, so uh, and and I'll explain some more even about that here in a few minutes because it looks like man, the youth ministry spent a whole lot more money than the kids ministry, but this is why because they fundraise because they take their kids on trips. And so all of their trip, like they're going to the conference uh, this next weekend, that would actually be included in that. So wouldn't it be great if you had all that money, Adam? It said every youth pastor ever, by the way. So I'm just telling you, I mean, I know it looks like a lot, but it's really not what it, that money is primarily already spent. Just maintenance and repair on the church is just shy of $7,000. Uh, one of my goals in my heart, just so that you know as a church, is that we never come to you for a special offering. Because I hate that. Our responsibility is to give. My job is to help steward and oversee. And I don't want to come to you for every little thing. If you give, we will steward it well and we will spend it right. And we will be faithful and I will communicate it to you. That's why I don't mind putting this up because I have nothing to hide. And so, I mean, just as an example, like I don't know what it was two months ago or so, our sign went out, out front. It was $1,000 to fix it. We just paid for it. We had money set aside in our building fund and, you know, and many of you have given to the building fund. And so there was already money designated for that. And so, you know, I mean, we have to fix our air conditioner. It seems like every other month. Uh, this last year, we spent a lot of money in air conditioners this year. Thankfully, we didn't have to replace anything, but just regular maintenance. And of course, uh, included in that beginning of the year, I know some of you probably don't remember. It was only this time last year that we replaced the front doors and took out all the bushes and kind of did the facelift on the front of the building. Some of you don't even know what I'm talking about because you weren't here yet, but we got a facelift on the church uh, as well. And so... Uh, just our regular utilities, about $7,700 operating expenses, so week to week, uh, which that would include um, just what it takes to run the church, about 18000 Our taxes are about 9800 bucks. You're like, well, y'all don't pay taxes. Yes, we do. And uh, trust me, we do. And the payroll is just at right under 40000 And then also in October, which this is the thing that I really believe that the Lord had spoke to me about uh, for 2016, is that we paid the mortgage off on this building. So we actually owe nothing on this building. It's completely paid for. Everything we have is paid for. And so, um, you know, so that's a huge blessing. And that was one of the things that I believe that the Lord had really uh, put in my heart concerning this year. And so we paid, uh, Lita sent me the amount. And I'm like, we didn't pay that much. And uh, I thought it was a little bit less, but it was more than what I even thought. So we paid it off in October. And uh, so those of you who gave to that and were a part of that, thank you so much um, because we were able to do that. And, and I believe that's important. Uh, that's part of that preparation I was talking about. Uh, one of the things that I really felt that the Lord stirred in me was to tie up uh, any kind of loose ends, things for the church um, that we could. And so uh, some of those things were like paying off this building, finished paying it off. And so um, that was a, a big thing. And so I want to share with you for a few minutes about um, really vision for us this year and even in the years to come moving forward. And so, um, you know, just kind of breaking it down because there's really three main things that I believe that the Lord stirred in my heart. And one of them I actually preached. I mean, I had an idea of it, um, but then the Lord really stirred up in me about a month and a half ago or so on a Sunday morning during our Seek series about breakthrough. And, uh, and I really felt, and I still feel very strongly about this, uh, is that this year is that God wants to break some things in your life and break some things out of your life that maybe you've been believing for but have seemed to be held up. And so as I've prayed about it, I've kind of come uh, with this statement is that it's a year of breakthrough and breakout. That there are things that you're believing God for and been asking the Lord for. That this is the year. This is the season. This is the time. And I believe that even is true for our church. It's not just for us as individuals. I believe it's prophetic over our church as a whole. Well, you're a part of the church. Therefore, it's over your life as well. 
so that this would be a year. So Isaiah 54 verse 2 and 3 says this. It says, Enlarge your house and build an addition. It says, Spread out your home and spare no expense, for you will soon be bursting at the seams. Now, when the Lord first stirred this in my, in my heart, it really wasn't, um, I was kind of like, okay, well, I think I know what that means. But since the Lord dropped this, uh, really, that statement about um, really, an ex- and well, this is the way the Lord actually, well, I'll get into that in a second. I don't want to get ahead of myself. I got to stick to my notes today. You know, I got to stick to them. And, um, but, uh, you know, here's just a little interesting thing that most of you probably aren't aware of. Do you know that on most Sunday mornings, we don't have enough parking? We had to get permission from the place next door to start parking over there. We have 28 parking spots, and we actually don't even own all of those. We own about 18, 19 or so of them. And yet on a week-in, week-out basis, we have well over you know 30 to 35 to 40 cars. Well, we need to enlarge some stuff, and that's a good thing. We have problems, but they're all good, Right? I mean, our kids' areas and some things, and I'm going to share some things about this here in a few minutes uh, about these things. But there are some things that we need to stretch into and to stretch out. Why? And it's exactly what it says. And I love the way the New Living Translation says it. It says, for soon you will be bursting at the seams. We are there. We're there. We have more people than we got space. That's a good problem. When I called the people next door and asked them about using the parking lot, this was their response. What a great problem for a church to have. I'm like, thank you. That is a good problem. I appreciate that. That's actually what the lady said to me. And she said, no, that'll be fine. Not a problem at all. We've actually had a lot of favor with them, even when they've kind of sectioned off the parking lot because they didn't want it all being parked on. They always have allowed us to use it. Um, So they're very gracious. We actually own none of the parking lot behind me. Uh, They just give us use of it, even like where the church bus sits. We don't own that land. They just let us park our stuff there so they're very gracious and generous so here's the statement that the lord uh, really stirred in my heart in december and um i've since have spent quite a bit of time praying and asking the lord to give me some more understanding some of you have heard me say it but it was expansion from within and expansion from without and uh, that's really kind of twofold and um you know and so even uh the way that I believe that the Lord has kind of stirred in my heart and given me some wisdom concerning this is that there would be growth from within, which is for those of you that are already here, is that God actually wants you to and wants to bring you to a new level. And that's part of that breakthrough in some areas, not just in the area of finances, although I do believe there's an element of that. But also believe in the area of your giftings, of your callings, of those dreams and those desires that God's placed in you. Is that God is saying now is the time to rise up. And so even for you on a personal level, there may be things that God has deposited or or desires that you've longed for in your heart. And I'm telling you that I believe that the Lord is saying now is your time. And you may have to get over some insecurities. You may have to get over some things. You may have to even ask God uh, for a greater grace because some of you have been functioning in roles and have been doing a good job, but God wants you to do more. He wants to use you greater. And the thing is, anytime God asks you to do something greater, the only logical response is, God, I need more grace. <laughs> That's the only logical one because, yeah, to do anything without God's grace is impossible. And so... Um, So I believe that there's growth uh, coming for those who are already here, but also the Lord is sending us people as well. Uh, You know, and we've seen that over these last even just couple of months, uh, just kind of an influx of people that the Lord has just sent randomly. I mean, they're not connected any particular way. Uh, I was uh, sharing 
with Miss Linda a couple weeks ago that somebody was asking me how the church was doing. I was like, it's really good. I said, but it's really unique. I said, because the Lord is sending us people, but there's no rhyme or reason or, or thread that connects them. You know, typically in church growth, what happens is you see like young families all flood a church and that kind of becomes the deal. Well, we have people that are everything from young families all the way up to like them are retired. They just moved here a few months ago. Um, you know, and the Lord has just sent people from all walks of life, different backgrounds. And what a great way. And, you know, and here's one of the things is that I can tell you is it's exactly what we prayed for. You know, at the beginning of the year, I told you, you have not because you asked not. Well, we've been asking the Lord. And the Lord has done exactly what we've asked. You know, and I don't believe by any means that we've seen the end of it. Uh, I believe we're only seeing really just kind of the, the beginnings of what God wants to do. Uh, and, and, you know, and one of the things that we've prayed for is that we would be a church that would represent the community that we're established in. And uh, that's something that we still pray for and are still asking for. Why? Because I believe that's God's best. And, uh, you know, and so that's one of, the, one of the things that for this year that I believe that the Lord is stirring in us for. And, uh, oh. I forgot about that piece. You've already heard me say it, so we'll go on. So here's one of the second things uh, that, the, that I believe that the Lord was stirring in me uh, for this year uh, is that we're to lead with generosity. And, uh, you know, and that's a big thing. And over the last, uh, not this past Wednesday, but the three Wednesdays prior to, if you weren't able to catch them, I would encourage you to go listen to the messages about generosity because generosity is more than money. You're like, well, I don't have any money to give. That's great. You don't need money to be generous. Generosity is a mentality, not a checkbook. And we are called as believers to be generous. And so one of the specific things that I felt like the Lord started me is that we as a church are to lead in generosity. Now, I know you probably don't think like this, but in my world, this is what that means. You've got to give money before you have it. That's not comfortable. You have to commit to things before you are ready to do them. Now, that's not a comfortable place to be, necessarily, unless it's the Lord. And so there were some specific things uh, with this. And so I'm going I'm I'm to make a few statements, and then I'm going to just give you some specifics on exactly some of the things that we're doing and are moving towards. Um, and it's one of them is this, is that uh, to lead with generosity, we will not be cheap as a church. I'm just, I'm just not going to be cheap. If we're going to do something, we're going to spend the money, and we're going to do it Right? Right? Why? Because ministry is worth doing right and people are worth reaching and I don't want to give them subpar Jesus. I serve a God of abundance and I believe that he responds with abundance. But if I have a a cheap mentality, a tight mentality, an overly frugal mentality. Now, I'm a numbers person. I dissect our financial reports. I know them quite well. I know them in and out. I've got percentages by all kinds of... I do all that. But my confidence is not in that piece of paper or in that report. My confidence is in the God who called me. My, God is at, or my confidence is in the God who established this church 15 years ago. That's where my confidence is. And so we're going to be good stewards of everything that God puts in our hands. But we're also going to take steps of faith. If we wait until we're ready, we'll never do anything for God. It's just not going to happen. Why? Because God wants us dependent upon Him. Now, just so you know, I'm not making any big announcements today. We're not purchasing some property tomorrow. And nothing crazy is happening. But what? I'm telling you ahead of time because I believe that God is going to confirm the word. I mean, anybody can play Monday morning quarterback and be like, oh, that was easy. 
Yeah, but what about the prayer to get to that place? And how can I expect you and ask you to live a life of faith if I don't do it as the pastor of this church? I'm selling you something that I don't even believe in. No, we're going to live a life of faith. And we're as a church, we're going to be generous. And so one of the areas that you saw, uh, which... Quite honestly, when I was looking over our financial reports from last year, I was embarrassed by how little that we spent on our kids' ministry. Uh, Because we believe in kids, we believe in youth, we believe in you. I spend money on you to minister to you, to, to get resources into your hands, and we ought to do the same for our kids' ministry. They don't deserve subpar ministry. They deserve to be funded and resourced fully. Why? Because we have a generation that if we can catch, they can be saved from a lot of the mess that we had to walk through. And if we can get them when they're young, if we can get them filled with the Spirit, if we can get them to know who God is, we're going to raise up a powerful generation that will go way beyond anything that we thought we would do. That's how God works. God always does more than what we know. And so one of the things, uh, because traditionally, and it's just a change in the church, when uh, Miss Amy and Pastor Dennis were here, uh, she had several of her clients who would give to the kids' ministry. So the church never funded the kids' ministry. Quite frankly, they didn't need to. Uh, They would give and donate every year because they were looking for a tax write-off. Well, we gladly take people's write-offs, you know. Just send them on. And, uh, you know, I mean, we do that. No problem. But it's been, a, you know, it's been two years. And, uh, you know, and so we haven't uh, really, and it's been in my heart, but quite honestly, we've just not been in a place to do it. But I made a commitment in January that we were going to start funding the kids' ministry every month uh, from the church and just start making some steps. And we've done some other things in, the, in that area. And so, uh, and also this year, we also want to start actually funding our youth ministry as well. Now, we help them fundraise and do some other things, but I believe that if, if we believe in kids' ministry, if we believe in youth ministry, we've got to put our money where our mouth is. And uh, so, just so that you're aware that we are doing these things and these are areas. Why? Because how can I ask people to do ministry and then say, but I'm not going to resource you? It's like your boss coming to you and saying, hey, I need you to do a job, but I'm not going to give you a computer. I'm not going to give you a phone. I'm not going to give you resources. I'm not going to give you people. And you have no budget, by the way. Good luck. (laughs) And also, let me remind you, everybody in our kids and youth ministries are all volunteers. Nobody's getting paid for that. So if I can't pay you, then I, and this is just a core belief of mine, if I can't pay you, then I should resource you. I should do everything in my power to help you and enable you to do what you feel called to do and to do it well. And so we've started some things. So we have a monthly amount that we set uh, to give towards the kids' ministry every month. And uh, we're, so we're already doing that. And so um, we're going to be doing some more, even like with the youth and those types of things. Uh, moving forward, that's something that I just believe that we need to do as a church. Um, and so that's some of what's going on. And uh, one of the other things, another aspects of this in leading with generosity is that uh, it's something that the Lord actually put in my heart two years ago, but I knew it wasn't time uh, when He dropped it in my heart. I mean, you know, like the Lord. He's like, I'm going to tell you something, but don't do anything with it right now. What am I... What? And, um, you know, but sometimes that's the way it is. And, uh, but, and it was this, is that um, to reach, and really it's because I didn't have the full picture of it, um, is to reach with generosity. And there's on three levels. And so I don't exactly know what all this looks like, uh, but I'm just giving you an idea of what's in my heart, uh, is that we're going to reach on three levels, which is locally, nationally, and globally. Uh, because what good is it to only support uh, global missions, but we don't do anything for the people that live around us? In our community, I believe we ought to have, and that comes out of Acts 1.8. It says to be a witness in Jerusalem, Judea, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. So there's a threefold, I believe, that as a church, we've got to be generous and reaching out in those ways. And you're like, well, this just sounds like you're going to spend a bunch of money. 
Ministry costs money, yes. But ministry represents people being touched. Let me just say it another way. How much is your salvation worth? Somebody paid for you to hear the gospel. And I don't know about you, but there's not a dollar amount that I would pay for what God has done in my life and what God is doing in my life. There's no way. Why? Because it's immeasurable. Not to mention that it changed your eternity. So it requires finances. You're like, well, I don't like you talking about all this money stuff. Well, I'm sorry. I'm not going to apologize. I said I'm sorry, but I didn't mean it, so I didn't really apologize. It sounded like an apology, and I took it right back. Like, and, and you know, and I don't mean this. I mean, look, I'm just going to answer a question just in case you wonder, because some people wonder. I'm actually a tither. I give to this church just like everybody else. Because I actually know of pastors who don't tithe to their own church, and I think something's wrong with that. There's something very wrong with that. I, I want to be generous. I want to be more generous. I want us as a church to be more generous. And so uh, one of the ways, uh, specifically, and I already touched on this a little bit, but one of the things that I've felt in my heart, I'll tell you, let me go back. Traditionally, this is the way our church has operated, and we're still going to keep this practice, but we're going to adjust some things. Um, typically, the way that it has worked in our church is that we take 10% of all of our offerings and we set them aside into an account, what we call the tithe account. Now, we keep that money set aside. You can think of it somewhat like a savings account, uh, but it's savings with a purpose. It's not just stockpiling money, and there's never huge amounts of money in there. Uh, but here's the purpose. Um, number one, you know, like this last year, we gave money to a church plan. They called. They, had, you know, somebody that I knew that was starting a church. I won't go into all the details, but they asked us if we could sow a seed. Well, we sowed five hundred dollars. You never knew about it because I never asked you for the money. We had the money set aside in our tithe account, uh, and so we pulled that money out, and we were able to sow into a new church that's doing great today, by the way. And, um, you know, God's using it. It was kind of neat. I saw that they actually did the EXO conference just like we were doing. And so it was kind of neat that, you know, a year ago we got to help them actually get into their first facility. And you got to be a part of that. And, uh, but we have that tithe account. But what we've done, even like with our missions giving, all missions and all giving out of our church has come out of that account. And, uh, and that's been fine and that's been good. Um, but uh, we feel the need to make some adjustments in that. Number one, I'm, I'm robbing you of the opportunity to sow into missions because I don't talk about it. It's something that we believe in. It's something that we... I mean, uh, me and Dara both have a, 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 a very... Um, I mean, we've been all over the world. I don't know how to say it. We have a heart for missions. Not just here in the States. I love America. I'm called to America, no doubt about it. But I've also been on every continent but Antarctica. And I've preached on every continent except for Antarctica. And I believe in global missions. Why? Because the kingdom of God is bigger than our country. There are people all over this planet, roughly 7 billion people, and roughly half have never heard the gospel. We have a responsibility. We live in a very blessed place where we take for granted the assembling together of ourselves when roughly half the world has never heard the gospel. And that's, that's a pretty conservative estimate. It may actually be higher than that. So we have a responsibility as the church to what? Further the kingdom of God. So we support missionaries. You're like, well, I don't think missionaries should be supported. Here's my encouragement to you. Go join them for a week. And you will realize, I want no part of this. It is tough. 
I mean, I've, I've sat in missionaries' homes who had no running water, who had no electricity, who had bamboo gutters to collect water so they could take a bath. And they were so thankful for the blessings of God in their life. I just felt like a spoiled American. So we have a responsibility as a church. And, and I have a responsibility to communicate to you. So um, some of what we've done in the past, and, and this, these are things that we will continue to do, is this... Uh, is global missions. Pastor Paul Trokel, he's got a picture up here on the right. He's a missionary to Tanzania, Africa. And uh, we support him every month. And so we give to him every month, every month, every month. So we just take that out of the tithe account. Uh, he's come here and ministered. He'll be back. Uh, he leads a Bible school and they train several thousand uh, pastors that go all over uh, Eastern Africa. That goes well beyond Tanzania. And then they have a huge crusade called the Fire Conference in the summer. And they bring all these pastors in and many of them walk in and uh, the rich people ride a bike. Just... I mean, that's actually true. The rich pastors ride bike to get there, and some of them go days to get there. Um, you know, and so we're a part of that. Brother Egan will be here with us in just a few short weeks. Lee had mentioned on March 19th on a Sunday night. Uh, he'll be here with us. He was here in the fall. He's coming back. And, um, you know, and obviously when our missionaries come in, we sow seed. We, we receive offerings, uh, just so you know how we do that, because I've had people ask. When they come in, whatever comes in the offering, they get the offering plus. In other words, I take money out of the tithe account, and I pad their offering. Now I will say this. When Brother Egan came this last year, the Lord put an, a number in my heart. And I thought, whoo, okay. Now it's not a huge amount of money, but for us it is. And for what we've done traditionally, it was a lot of money. And when the offering came in, it was 200 bucks short of the amount God put in my heart. And I was like, well, that's nothing. I was expecting, expecting to pad it quite a lot, like double the offering. And, uh, you know, so thank you for being generous. Because we can't do those kinds of things if we don't all do our part and are involved financially. And so, uh, so currently we support Brother Paul monthly. And so he leads the Bible Training Center there in uh, Arusha, Tanzania. And then we're also connected with several other missionaries as well. The Fox, Brother Egan, and then also Harry Wilson who was here in August. He came when I was on vacation. It just worked out and I, he asked me about coming. And I said, hey, I'd love to have you come as long as you don't mind me not being there. And uh, he said, man, that would be fine. And I was like, praise the Lord. And uh, so they're in Guatemala. They do a great work. We've partnered with them in the past as a church to do some work. And we want to be able to do more. Uh, you know, I want to, and, and really, um, part of what this is about is I want us to actually have a missions fund and a missions account set aside. Because we have opportunities sometimes. You know, I remember, um, I can't remember how long ago it was now. Um, but it's been a, a while back. And I get... Um, you know, emails or phone calls or whatever that, hey, there's a need. Well, again, I hate special offerings. I just, if we all tithe, we can do everything God's called us to do. That's the truth of it. And, and if we just have a desire to sow and to give into the furtherance of the kingdom of God, we'll see God do great things. And here's the thing. The Bible says you cannot sow that you do not reap. I actually believe that to be true. If we will sow, God will take care of everything we have here. Not only will he take care of it, he will bless it and it will grow and it will expand. But we've got to sow first. And so one of the things uh, that we've done is, and I said this, is that traditionally we've always just taken that money from our tithe account and given like to Brother Paul every month. One of the things that the Lord put in my heart, and I submitted this to the board, was to actually set a goal for missions giving this year. And so our goal as a church is to do this, is to actually designate, as in me, you, us, designate giving up to $5,000. And you're like, well, that doesn't seem like a lot of money. It's not. But like Pastor Sam always says, I just need you to give it. Right? I'm going to give, 
And I'm asking you to give. And so what I'm going to ask you to do over these next couple of weeks uh, is to begin to pray and ask the Lord, Lord, how, how much would you ask me to give this year to missions? Because here's my goal. Next year in 2017, we're going to set a goal and we're going to make pledges to it so that before we get to the end of January, by the time we get to the end of our fast, I would love to already have our missions budget sitting there. So that when I have a need, I'm like, hey, we can buy that vehicle. You're like, well, we can't afford to buy a vehicle. Not yet. But there will be the day when we will. You're like, well, vehicle don't seem like a big deal. You've never been a foreign country. Vehicles are huge there. Hey, we need running water for an orphanage. We can build that water well. It's $5,000, no problem. Here's a check. We want pictures. We want to come see it. That's part of it as well. At some point, I know some of you have talked to us about it, that you would love to go on a trip. We want to take you. We're going to give you opportunities to go. Why? Because we don't want to just send checks. Some of us want to go and see. Some of you need to go and see. Because it would change your perspective of, of what's happening in the world around us. And so, uh, you know, all of our, as I said, most of our, well, it is true, all of our missions giving comes from the regular tithes right now. But I want to encourage you to begin to designate, to pray and ask the Lord. And so here in a couple of weeks, I'm actually going to, uh, I have a message about why missions. Why, why, why do missions? Why do global missions? And we're going to talk about it. And on that day, I'm going to give you some pledge cards. And you're going to say, this is what I'm pledging to give. Now, you can either pledge that day or you can bring a check that day. You can do whatever you want. I don't care. But. Pray and ask the Lord. Now, this is above the tithe. This isn't your tithe money. This is above and beyond. This is an offering, is what the Bible calls it. You're like, well, I don't know about all this giving stuff. God is a giver and God is generous. We will lead the way generously. You're like, well, what happens if we don't give the money? Then God will have to provide it without you. And here's the problem. You miss out on the blessing. And I don't say that to be mean. I'm not trying to guilt you into anything. Please know me and know my heart. But God will do what he said he will do. He will. He will make it happen. So, the other thing that happens when you give to something, you actually get a heart connection to it. Wherever you're... Treasure is there, your heart will be also. Last year, we actually gave a total of about $6,300 to missions, but we want to do more. So right now, we actually have committed, like this year already, we have committed $3,600. So we're talking about an extra $1,400 that I don't have committed for. So we're not stockpiling money. Uh, but, uh, you know, and the reason it was more last year is because we had, you know, a couple missionaries come in and we gave, and that's all including that $6,300. And we'll still give on top of that 5000 even when they come. But... So I'll be sharing with you about that. And, uh, but we're still going to maintain the, the practice of the tithe account. Uh, we're still going to have church savings, those types of things, but it's so that we have an ability to do more. And uh, so here's the other component. Uh, the, the, one of the other aspects of this is leading generously is in outreach to our community, uh, being strategic in what we do. Uh, you know, some of, uh, you know, we did lots of different things. There's some pictures up there. I don't know how well you can, well, you can see them pretty decent, okay. But, uh, you know, things like, I mean, everything that we do is with the mindset of outreach. In other words, we did the marriage conference, that was an outreach. We did a, a, a water day, that was an outreach into our community. We, you know, everything that we do is with the mindset of how can we reach people. And if we're not reaching people, then why are we doing it? Now, there's going to be times that we as a church just gather, and we're going to fellowship, and we're going to have cookouts, and we're going to do that kind of stuff. But like at the tailgate, you know, we had the LSU Arkansas. We're going to do that again next year, or this year. It'll be this year. It won't be next year. We'll do it next year too, but we'll do it this year as well. And it's coming. Why? Because it's something unique to our community. 
I mean, you know, we're 12 miles from the border and I'm an LSU fan. I got a few friends in the house and then I got a lot of opposition here as well. And we love each other in spite of our difference in color preference, right? And, um, but hey, I mean, it, we ought to be able to have fun as a church. We ought to be able to harass each other and love each other. And it's a unique thing to our, uh, to our culture here that I believe God wants to use that we could reach people through as well. And so just doing things like that, and you're like, well, man, that costs a lot of money. It does. But it's an investment. It's not spending. We're investing into the kingdom of God, and I will not be cheap. We bought a 14-foot-wide blow-up screen. I can't tell you how many people hear that I'm the pastor of church, and they're like, where'd you get that screen? I had a guy getting a hamburger one day ask me, I want to know where you got that screen. That thing was cool. This was his actual statement to me. I'm not going to tell you where I was. He says, I wanted to come down there and see it, but I'd, but I'd had a beer, so I didn't want to come. He's like, I knew there were kids around. That's what he said to me. But that tells you the mentality of most people. They thought it was pretty neat. It speaks. And now we've got a big old jumbo screen that won't even fit in here. But I'm not sure what all we're going to use it for, but who knows. We've got it. No, we want to engage people in relationships so that we can uh, help them connect meaningfully with God. But God looks for people to use. God wants to use you. God wants to use us. So that's another area that we're going to continue giving. And so these are a couple of things that have been stirring in my heart. And now I want to share with you a couple of things as, as we kind of wrap up. Uh, you know, uh, some things that, that I've been praying and asking the Lord about it. And it's really our core values, those things that really mean something to us as a church. In other words, let me say it this way, is that it's the motive for everything that we do. So that when we say, okay, we, you know, should we do this, should we do this, or, or this, or, you know, we have this opportunity, because there's no limit to opportunities. Uh, and, you know, I didn't get to mention it, but there are even things locally here that we want to be a part of. And so here's my encouragement to you. If you know of a worthy cause... In the community, something that's happening, give me some heads up. Don't come to me and say, hey, this weekend, it's too late. I need like a month and maybe two minimal heads up. Why? Because I still got a budget. Like I still got to plan <laughs> and to spring things. You know, but we want to, you know, I mean, there's some opportunities. And, and I'm not saying we're going to do everything. But what I will tell you is that we will pray about everything. And we will ask the Lord, is this something we need to be involved with? And if he says yes, we're going to do it. He may say, not now. We'll wait. But we will do the things that the Lord's leading us to do. So here's our core values. So these are the things, the motives for everything that we do. Uh, you can also say it this way. This is our mode of operation. And uh, so these are things that you're going to uh, be familiar with moving forward. This is kind of who we are and this is our DNA. Number one is this, <clears throat> is that we believe big. We're not going to pray safe prayers and we're not going to put... Safe limits on, well, God, if you can manage, you know, I'm going to breathe, I'm going to challenge you to believe God really big in your own life and in the life of this church. And here's why, and we were singing about this earlier, is that we believe big and we pray uh, faith-filled prayers because we serve a great big God. God is not cheap, so why should I be? Why should we be? God's not worried about money, I am. He is not. Right? But I'm going to believe big. Why? Because I believe I serve a great big God. And even as a church, we're not going to play it safe. We're going to take godly risk. Not stupid risk. But faith is risk. And anybody who tells you any different is not telling you the truth. Faith is risky at times. 
But we're going to believe big. We're not going to play it safe. Why? Because we've got a city to reach. We've got a region to change. We've got lives that are hanging in the balance for all of eternity. And it's our responsibility to reach them. It's on us. We're not going to save everybody in El Dorado or in this area. But there are some that we are called to reach. And we're going to believe God and ask God big. The next thing, number two, is this, is that we're going to um, serve selflessly. We're going to serve other people selflessly. In other words, this is the way I would say this, is that uh, we're going to walk in love and we're going to put others above ourselves. If I'll take care of what God's concerned about, He will take care of me. Why? Because He's concerned for me. He's concerned for you. And if we'll take care of these things, then we're going to do it selflessly. In other words, another way to say this is, well, you know, what we did to tailgate for, I don't know, I don't know that we add anybody to the church from that. It's not about that. I'm not doing anything for what I get out of it. And we're not supposed to live lives like that either. I mean, Paul talked about the gospel going forth. He says, hey, Apollos, or he says, I planted an Apollos water, but God brought about the increase. I'm going to do my part, and however the results fall, that's on God. So we're going to serve selflessly. That means even when it's inconvenient. The third thing is we're going to care for the lost, the hurting, and the sick. Let me say it this way. We're going to care for those people who don't come to church. People who are lost, we're going to have a heart for the lost. We're going to care. It's who we are. It's our DNA. This one here I've already touched on, so I won't spend much time, but we're going to live out generosity every day. Another way to say this is we're going to give big. I look forward to the day that we get to write some big old fat checks. To be able to sow. Why? Because we can. Because God stirred up in us to do it. The Bible says that we're blessed to be a blessing. The fifth thing is this. Is that we are kingdom builders. The growth of the kingdom matters to us. We take it personally. In our city, in our region, in the world. This happens by reaching another person with the power of Christ. We're we're committed to the expansion of the kingdom of God. The kingdom only expands when a heart gives change from darkness to light. That's what that's all about. The sixth thing is is this, is that you are gifted. We believe every person has a gift. You are uniquely created, crafted, and shaped by the creator of heaven and earth for a specific reason and purpose. You have a skill set. You have abilities. You have things that he has placed in your hands, resources. And the Bible says one day you will give an account for what you've done with what he placed in you. Now, I know that you, your mind may go to... I'm not even talking about money. I'm talking about your abilities. I mean, we need help around the church. There's lots of areas where we need help. We need people to step in and to help us to serve. We need help in our kids' areas. We need help back in the nursery and the toddlers. And, and we need help just being ushers. People just to help around the church. And we're going to communicate some things here to you in the not-too-distant future about this. And, and specific areas that we need help. Why? Because a church doesn't function unless we are all apart. And here's the unique thing is that you've been gifted by God. And here's the thing. When you use your gift, it brings glory to God. You could almost say it like this is that it's an act of worship for you to use your gift. God, I'm returning to you what you deposited in me. See, and this is the heart of God for you. So these are six things and they may get adjusted and they may get added to, but... In a sense, you can say it this way, is that this is how we operate. Moving forward, this is how we're going to operate. We're not going to play it safe. We're, not, we're, going, to, we're going to see God do some great things. 
And I think we'll all be blown away when we see the fullness of what God has. I've got some ideas, but I don't have a clue. God may do it five different ways than I thought. I'm okay with that. My responsibility is to believe God, to trust Him. And when He says step, I step. When you say, when He says step, you step. And man, and when we grab hold of what God has for us as a church family, I believe we'll see a greater impact in our community. We'll see people's lives being touched and changed. We'll see people that are sick be made well. We'll see people who are, are bound um, by the powers of darkness. I believe we'll see them completely set free. Why? Because the presence of God is in the house. This isn't in place of God's presence. This is with God's presence. But there are some natural things that we can do. And, and so, you know, uh, as I wrap up today, one of the things that we've been praying for, and, and I felt um, the Lord actually reminded me of it even this morning because it wasn't, I didn't have it in here to do this. But um, I'm going to ask you to stand up with me. One of the things that, uh, that the Lord stirred in my heart about this year, it was about expansion, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, and there's a lot more detail, but I don't have time to get into it. But I don't know if you know this, but we're landlocked, right? I mean, we've only got so much land back here. But, uh, and I've felt this way actually for a number of years now, but the Lord's always said it's not yet, not yet, not yet, not time. It's one of those things I'm like, okay. But, uh, you know, so, but I do believe, but, and, and I actually believe we're in the right location. I don't believe we should move. Uh, that's not at all what I believe. I actually very much like our location. And, uh, but there's only two directions that we can go. Because <laughs> there's a road and there's a road, right? I mean, that's the directions that we can move. But uh, some of the things that we've been praying for is actually for this property behind me and this property back here. Now, um, you know, how's that going to happen? I don't have a clue. Do we have the money for it? Of course not. <laughs> Do we have to have the money for it? No, because I serve a great big God. And he will provide. You know, and so I just want to encourage you. And I, you say, well, why are you telling me this? Because I want you to be praying. This is one of those things. As a church member, as pastor, it's not my responsibility to pray out what God's going to do. I have a part to play. I have some things I need to do. But it's our responsibility to pray that God would do what we need. And, and, and he knows what we need. And I have some, you know, I have some thoughts that I believe uh, are the Lord. But that's yet to be determined. That may just be me dreaming because I like to dream. Um, but I do believe, though, that, that there are some things that we need. And so one of the things I wanted to do this morning is I actually want to stretch our hands kind of this way. And I'm going to pray. And, we're gonna, and I'm going to ask you to hook up your faith with me. I mean, I'll just tell you, like, on a small scale, this building that we're currently in, very easily, probably sooner than I realize, will be completely for kids' ministry. This entire facility. Why? Because they need the space. I'm not going to hamstring them with a room that's subpar. And here's the thing. When more people come, more babies come. And that's a good problem. It's only a problem if you don't do something about it. Like, well, how and when? I don't have a clue. If I knew, I would tell you. I'm just telling you this is where I know that the Lord is leading us. And I've submitted this to the board. I've submitted this to other people that pray and that love us. And everybody has said the same thing. I believe that's the Lord. I even had a complete stranger give me a word about our church. Never met him. Now I won't go into the details of it. But complete stranger. And it was the Lord. It wasn't anything that wasn't already in my heart. So what we're going to do is we're actually going to ask the Lord to help us and to give us favor.
to cause us to stretch out exactly what it says there in Isaiah. Stretch out. Why? Because you're bursting at the seams. I don't know the hows and the winds and the how and all that. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But I do know this. I've got a big God that I'm trusting. And we're going to see God do some great things. Not and <clears throat> Let me say this. And it goes back to that we're going to lead in generosity. If we'll be generous, God will take care of all the stuff we need. And God may bless you so that you can bless this church. That's great. Great. Awesome. Praise the Lord. That means you're going to keep getting even more blessed. But God may do it ten different ways too. So, what we're going to do is we're going to pray. And then we'll be dismissed here in just a few minutes. Father God, I just thank you right now. Father, I thank you that... For your blessing upon our church and upon this house, Father, I thank you that you're causing us to stretch out and to move out, Father, into some new areas and new places. Father, that you know exactly what we have need of moving forward. Father, you know exactly what you've called us to, Father, and exactly what we have need of. So, Father, we thank you that we place our faith and our trust in you right now, Father, that uh, you would open up opportunity, Father, that favor goes before us as a church. Father, that we would have all the facilities and all the land that we would need to accomplish your purpose in our city and in this region. Father, we thank you that we don't care how you do it. But, Father, we do trust you, Father, that you are working on our behalf. So, Father, we thank you right now that you are making a way, Father, that we would be able to uh, stretch out and to do exactly what your word says that you would do for us. Father, that we would do our part in being generous. We will do our part in sowing. We will do our part in having a kingdom focus. But, Father, we thank you that as we're focused on your kingdom, Father, that you are focused on the heart of this church church. Father, that you would expand and stretch us out, Father, even beyond what we ever even had even thought to even be possible. Father, we thank you, Father, that we will give you all glory and all honor and all praise, Father, because you are alone are worthy. So, Father, I just thank you right now. Father, I pray over uh, every member of our church, every person who's a part of our church. Father, I just thank you. Father, that Your blessings are in our life, Father, that you desire to do great and mighty things in us and through us and out of us, Father. So I thank you right now, Father, according to your word. Father, I thank you that your blessings come upon us, Father, and you say that you had no sorrow with your blessings. So, Father, I thank you that just as we pray over the church for increase and expansion, Father, I thank you for a supernatural touch of heaven. Father, that where the enemy has bound, I thank you that there's freedom in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for financial breakthroughs. Father, where there's been hang-ups and hold-ups, Father, I thank you that there's a bursting forth now in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for your ability and your anointing that's in this place to set captives free, to open blind eyes, to change the hardened heart to one that would be soft and, and open to receive from you. So, Father, I just thank you. Father, for all that you're doing in our lives, all that you uh, will do through our church, and Father, we count it such a blessing that we get to be a part of all that you're doing. And Father, just as Isaiah prayed, here I am, Lord, use me. Father, that we will use our gifts, we will use our talents, we will use our abilities, we will use our resources, we will use our energy. Not just to serve in our church, but to serve those around us, to love our community, to serve them well in a way that would bring glory and honor to you. So Father, we thank you. Father, that you've laid a foundation, but Father, I know that it's time to build. That Father, it's time to stretch out in what you've called us and and have always uh, had in mind and had in store for us to do as a church and as a body. So Father, we thank you. That Father, that you give us wisdom and understanding in all of our steps, Father, that we would bring glory and honor to you. We thank you for it in Jesus' name.